Okay, good morning. To go a little further for the diehards, uh, we had a shortened amount of time, so we're eight lines up from the bottom of Yudamad Aleph. And we say Tanan. We're now trying to prove how Tanan is the first word, trying to prove this idea of Breyer with respect to Beis Hillel as follows. We, we're going to say, I'll, I'll give it away now, I'll spill the beans, Beis Hillel holds of Breyer. Okay? If Beis Hillel holds of Breyer, then what the Gemara is trying to say is there should be no difference between once you say that you can make a verbal declaration, okay, and you can say, remember, the Mishnah had just said that Beit is going to be Machmir. He's going to say that you're going to have to physically designate these birds if that you're going to use on Yantav, these undomesticated birds, because whereas domesticated birds can be uh, considered ready-made food, undomesticated or not, and therefore that's going to, you know, be true throughout the death. And so Beit says you have to designate them by physically designating them, whereas Beis Hillel says you could just verbally designate them. And the question of the Gemara was, well, if you can verbally designate them, why can't you just say, you know what, I'm going to take some of these birds and just say it in a sort of a vague way, and then when you actually ta- end up taking the bird, you'll retroactively be determined which one you had designated. And that is the concept of Brera. Brera means once you've done it, it retroactively turns out that that's what you're planning to do all along. So... That's the question. Why do you have to actually verbally designate specific birds? Why can't you just designate a group of birds and it will be retroactively determined? The uh, Gemara then says, well, maybe you think that the reason why you have to designate it verbally outright is because you don't hold of Brera. You hold that you reject this idea that something can be retroactively determined. And what the Gemara is proving now is a different context, a mission in Oholos that we had quoted in, Masechus um, Shabbos and Ervin, where Basila clearly holds that there is Brera in a different context as follows. That's not. So, as we said, when you have a corpse, so there is Tumas Ohel. Not only that, but Chazal said all the doorways, if they're big enough, and the windows, if they're big enough in particular, are going to, underneath there is going to be Tame. What's the Nafkamina? Well, if you have Chalim underneath there, then they can, they're going to be Tame. Okay, so you're, you have a corpse and it has tons of openings and on all the windowsills and doorways is a bunch of kalim. Says the Gemara, kulam tamim. All Everything there is going to be tame, right? Because the mace could go out any which way. Niftach echad mehem. But if it becomes clear that they open up, let's say, the door in the east wing. So then, So the uh, mission is teaching you that that doorway is going to be tame and then everything else is going to be tahor. What that means is, at this stage, we're assumed that, that, let's say, that doorway we're going to see was open before Shabbos, let's say, so or whatever. That door was open uh, before the mace died. So, obviously, if it was obvious that it was going to go through that way, so then the rest of the windowsills are not going to become Tameh because the only reason we have this Tumah, it's sort of like a gazera, a chashash, that maybe the mace will go out one of those ways until proven otherwise, we're going to assume he could go any out of those ways, and we treat them all as tummy. But if we know for sure which way he's going, there is only one ent- 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 real entrance that a mace any time goes out, so then you could put Caleb on the windowsills and not going to become tummy. Fine. So the Mishnah continues, similar case. Let's say all the doors were closed, but you decided to move it out, one of the doorways, the east doorway, let's say, Right, that's where it gets a little bit interesting in Erevin um, and Shabbos. What's this 
four by four tefachim, but for our purposes, large enough to put the maze through. Matzelas, I'll call up Sochim Kulon. So once you've made a mental designation of which way you're going to go out, that's going to already mean, right, without having to uh, have it physically opened, but just by having the intention, that's going to already mean that the other window sills are not going to be tummy. Okay, so now we're seeing a difference, right, between physically opening the door or mentally designating it. However, in that context, he cautions that this is only if you made this mental designation prior to the death of right to, to the death of the individual. Okay, still, however, Omrim, Af Wow. Even once the mace has already died. So imagine you have a corpse already there. And so you would think, certainly the Tumas Ohel in the house is already in effect for everything. What about all the doorways? Well, says Beis Hillel, even once everything has been already tame, so to speak, if you then, after the fact that the person died, you have in mind to take out a specific doorway, you can retroactively, right, be metaher, the rest of the doorways that you're not taking the mace out through, which is clearly a demonstration of Brera, right? This is showing that once you've designated, even uh, even a mental designation, once you've designated um, the doorway that's going to be Tomei, everything else retroactively becomes Tohar. So clearly, if that's the case, then certainly why would you need, why would you not hold the same thing by the birds, Right, in other words, by the birds, which wouldn't that be exactly the same? That you were going to designate the birds in a sort of general fashion on Erev Yantiv, and then whichever birds you pick on Yantiv, you can retroactively say that those were the ones that were designated. And the Gemara is going to go on to say that the two cases are actually quite dissimilar. Um, Yitzi T had a big issue because he was saying, like, I don't understand, once something tummy, how can it not become tummy? So I think at the kernel of the answer, is going to be, and I'll say it outside first, is going to be this issue that the, the tuma of the, of the doorways and windows and the right, designation of the birds are two totally different things. And really neither of them are essentially braver, and I'll tell you what I mean, even though we, we bring it up in the concept of braver, but I'll tell you what I mean. This is not a real Thomas Ohel, I don't think. In other words, there's a Gezeira, right? Because of the fact that the mace can go out any which way, so we are concerned, and so we're going to say, you know what? Maybe don't put Kalim under all the doorways, because why would you want them to become Tame? And as a matter of fact, if you do so, that would be irresponsible. So we're just going to make a Gezeira, that you're going to consider it Tame. Uh, we're going to consider all of those Kalim Tame. Um, so that's one way of putting it, but but it's not really really tame, right? It's just we're going to treat it like tame to the point where it's going. It is going to be matame the kalim unless we know for sure which way it's going out. Uh, so that already means it's not so much brera, right? It just means that once you've designated it, so then that gazera doesn't apply, right? In other words, once you've designated it, so then okay, we're not going to be worked up about the fact that you had kalim. On a windowsill that you knock, that you didn't take the maze out because you you know you avoided tuma at the end of the day, okay. So that's kind of different than with the animals because with the animals there was a different concern. The concern, the gazera, as we're going to see in the gemara with the birds, is that you're going to change your mind. Um, where it really becomes muktzah with the birds is when you pick them up and then put them back down, right? If you're using them, so then that's the tzorich yantiv. 
that's already uh, we understand that 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 anything that's tzarich yantiv is actually going to be you know more much more likely to be okay. But to pick it up, not like what you're feeling, and then to put it back down, so that's already where it really gets muktzah. And so that is the machlokas b'cham v'silo. That's what it means physically designating. In other words, you might have already asked when we when we discussed the Mishnah. Why does it matter whether you designate it physically or verbally? Like, why is one designation even stronger than the other? What does it even mean to designate physically? What is this shaking? I mean, I know Sukkot is coming up, but did not know him. What is the value? So the answer is like this. It's like pricking up produce in the grocery store. You're picking out and you see, oh, you know, some this chicken probably had a lot of feathers. I didn't realize that it was so skinny. I don't want to eat this chicken, right? Or whatever, this bird... This undomesticated bird. It's not really a chicken, but this dove, let's say, you feel them out and you say, oh, that's the plump one. That's the plump one that I want. So when you feel it out on Erev Yantiv, as Gemara explains, and then Rashi details, when you feel it out on Erev Yantiv, so you've already felt that you know you're going to do it and you've already, you're firm enough. If you're firm enough to do that, right, it's like Lahavdil, uh, my sister-in-law Miriam Leo, who cuts up toilet paper for Shabbos. It's like, you know what? There's such a thing as tissues, but she's very, very from, she's a big Yerish Shemaim and Sadekis, so she's cutting up the toilet paper, like once you're cutting up the toilet paper already, so then you know you're really getting ready for Shabbos. So in a certain sense, you know, once you're already like feeling out the birds, making those preparations ahead of time, so that's really, let, we're less concerned that you're going to change your mind. First of all, you know it's a better bird, and you know what you were getting, and also you took the time ahead of time to plan ahead, so we're not as concerned. But if you just sort of like vaguely Pointed to a bird, what happens on Yantiv if you're going to feel that bird and you decide you don't like it? So then you're going to put it back. You're going to run into issues of muktza. So it is for that reason that we, that we're going to say, right, that the two cases are different. So for that reason, we don't want to hold of Brera because it's not really a Brera issue. Right? Brera doesn't play into it. In other words, whether you hold a Brera or you don't hold a Brera, the designation isn't going to matter if you pick up the bird on Yantiv and you don't like it. Right, that's the point. So that's really the the crux of the gzera when it comes to the birds. Mashainkain, when it comes to the tuma, it's almost the exact opposite. As with the birds, whether it's rare or not, you're probably going to end up uh, changing your mind, and that's the concern. And with the tuma, there's no real tuma there. It's the opposite. There really isn't a problem. It's just that we're going to create it, say that there's a problem um, if there's really no right indication which doorway it's going to go out. You may end up finding yourself in a situation where the mace went through the wrong doorway and that doorway is going to have the tumah. So the two cases, while they seemed very similar to Yitziti, and they do seem similar on the surface, when you go down to the crux of it, they really are quite dissimilar, and therefore it is not surprising that base Hillel, right, is going to require an actual verbal declaration when it comes to, you know, specific birds, when it comes to the birds, but, but going to be more, so to speak, lenient when it comes to the designation of the doorways. So that's where the Gemara is saying, in Orlos, according to Basila, decision can be in other words, according to that explanation, Basila isn't, doesn't even accept Brera in that, in that case. And therefore, uh, that would be why they would want right, the designation uh, be, before Yantiv. And it's not really Lamafreya anyway with regards to the Tumah. But like we said, that Tumah, in other words, what Yitzhi T's issues was, was why even Mikanul Haba? It was Tameh already before. 
So how does Mikan Alaba help? So the answer is Mikan Alaba helps because it wasn't really Tame uh, over there so much to begin with. It was more of a Gezerah. Okay. Uh, and then and the alternative solution is three lines up from the bottom. Even if it's So this is what we're saying. The other shot that really in our case with the birds, the whole issue is metaltal It's not really again the first terrace is that the uh, all this case is not really a a, um, a brayer issue, and the second terrace here is that the birds case is not really a brayer issue. Right. The question is, you're going to keep picking it up. You're going to like produce in the grocery store. You're going to take one up. You're not going to like it. And when you do, you're going to put it down. So that's really the concern. It has nothing to do with the retroactive designation of the bird. Okay. Now, Rava said that, but the Gemara said, So if it's true that your main concern is that you're going to change your mind and not want the bird, so then... Why are we even letting you determine it verbally ahead of time, right? It's not a braira issue, but it should, really should be bechama, like bechama. They feel it out beforehand. So the Gemara, honey, mealy, erev yontif. Yeah, what Basil is saying is on erev yontif, you're making the designation. So once you're doing it, um, so on erev yontif, so it's like cutting up the toilet paper. That even though you didn't feel it, you were serious enough to designate it on erev yontif, and therefore we're going to allow it. But certainly in Yantiv, even if it's Mikan haba, we're not going to let you make the verbal declaration. Right? It's sometimes deceiving. You see what looks like a juicy dove. Really, it's a scrawny dove with a nice plume of feathers. Or you see what looks like a scrawny dove and you're like, oh, wait a minute, meatier than I thought. So we are concerned. In fact, you're going to get one that you don't like and therefore we're going to uh, request that you designate it ahead of time on Arab Yantif to show your seriousness. Or, says the Gemara, Inami Zimnim Alternatively, another terrible situation is what? You just randomly designate a whole group and all of them are going to be found to be leaner than you thought. And you're like, oh, this is a, this is a pathetic group. And then you decide not to shacht anything because you're going to wait for them to become more plump you can have your reasons to not go for it now. And guess what? What you really should have done is at least shakht it because what you're doing is you're saving it because you want to get the most value out of these doves in, uh, at the expense of Simchas Yontiv. And we don't want that to happen. And so either the issue is going to be, like we said, the first one is going to be that you're going to be handling muksa because you changed your mind you didn't want to take this in favor of another dove. But another even worse scenario is perhaps that you don't have doves altogether so if you designated it ahead of time before Yantiv, then that means you've committed. But on Yantiv, you're going to be less committal and you're going to potentially be monere yourself from some class Yantiv and we're not going to allow you to do that. So now we're on the Mishnah on Yudam and Bez. And the Mishnah is now not discussing Muktzah anymore, but a whole new thing. It was one of my favorite topics. We discussed it in Babasar and Lo Yachbar, the concept of Rov versus Karov. I think... It was on Daf Chafei, maybe. Famous mission over there. It says the following. Let's say, this is like, whenever you have probabilities. So we have different ways. Chazaka, Rov, Karov, right? Famously, um, there's a Minchas Chinuch that discusses this. This concept of Rov versus Karov comes to a head. If you had, let's say, right, two Shovachs a mile apart, one of them has a million birds, 
And the other one has, I don't know, you can't tell how many, but something like a dozen birds, okay? And a show, and then a bird is found uh, much, much closer, like a hundred yards from the shovach that has, let's say, a dozen birds. So now, the principle of Karov would indicate that that bird, who does that bird belong to? The principle of Karov would indicate that it belongs to the one that's a hundred yards away. The other one's like almost a mile away. But the principle of Rove would certainly indicate that it belongs to the one who has a million birds close to a mile away, as opposed to the guy who has a dozen birds a hundred yards away. So when these two, right, generally, uh, interest, right, these general ways that we determine things that we estimate are in conflict, which one wins? That's a fascinating question. Um, so that's the question posed over there in Loyach Barov versus Karv, and it's implied here as well, as we shall see. Just wanted to point out the interesting Gemara, and this is what the Minchas Chinch points out, there's many achronim. If you have any achron, uh, the concept of rov is not is never going to be left untouched by the famous right, raid and the yeshiva shachronim and all of this. Um, what's fascinating is that we have um, the concept of Egla Rufa. When you have Egla Rufa, so as you might recall, the, the Raisa ceremony is a person, a corpse, is in fact found between two cities. And we do a ceremony, we bring the Egla Rufa to the river, we want to show, right, that we did not do the, our proper, right, escort of this individual. And it shows the sensitivity we have for every human being. But the prescription from the Torah is that we have to determine which is the closest city in order to tell us which is the city that um, is responsible to do this procedure of Egla Rufa. Now, how do we do it? So there's like rulers, right? Like a ruler. Um, we measure, we measure. So the question is, ask the Gemara, well, hmm, why do we measure? Like what if you have Poughkeepsie where Rabbi Langer, Shlita was the rabbi, and the corpse is found closer to Poughkeepsie, but it's between Poughkeepsie and Manhattan. You know what I mean? So you have like 8 million people versus 20 people, but it's closer to the town with 20 people. But it's in between. So what are you going to say? That, that, that the rove is beat out by the fact that it's closer to Poughkeepsie? Perhaps so. Perhaps so. So the Gemara asks, how do you, what do you do in a situation like that? So if you would have asked me, I would have said, yeah, you still go by carve. Why? Because that's what the Torah said. That's the ceremony. In other words, the ceremony is not one of an indication of which is a better evaluation, a better estimate, rove versus karov. It's simply that's the prescription of the Torah. The prescription of the Torah is to go with whichever is closer. Uh, and therefore, that's why we do it, irrespective of how, the size of the cities. But the Gemara does not say that. The Gemara says that the case that we're talking about is where the two cities, the almost impossible scenario, right? A theoretical scenario where the two cities are, in fact, exact populations. Well, that is truly astonishing. The implication there, therefore, is that if you hold it, Rove is greater than Karov, that we're not going to do the procedure as the Torah prescribes, but rather, in that case, we will go with the Rove over the Karov. That is really astonishing. So, that's what the Menachas Chinuch discusses. That's just like where the Hawk begins, and so just for further, uh, you know, for further Ian, just to let you know where this is headed. Be that as it may, the mission says, So again, we're talking about probability here, right? So 
the idea is that the birds are undomesticated and they have to be muhan. So the Gemara is going to say, this is Pashat, right? You had black birds in the, in the coop and you designated them, but the next day they're all white. Magic Mike hasn't been around. That's Yechmiel's friend, um, Shlomo Levenger. So he has not been around. And so you say, right, he's a magician. So you don't say a magician was here and he turned him white. That's not probable. You're going to say, that these are different doves and therefore they're not designated. They're going to be, they're going to be also to use. Shnayim and Matzah Shlosha. And similarly, once you designated two, but now you found a third. So now you realize that they're all flying around. Um, once they're all flying around, so then there's nothing to tell you that the two that are there, once there's three, there's nothing to say that the two that are there were the same two that you designated, as Rashi explains. Asurim. So in those cases, those are all going to be Asur because they're not going to be designated. However, Shlosha, Matzah Shnayim, Mutarim. But if you designated three before Yantiv and then you found two, so then maybe perhaps you can assume. It sounds like the Mishnah, like you certainly could, that, yeah, okay, one of the three flew away, but the other two are from the three that you originally designated. The Mishnah says there, that if you designated inside the coop and then you find them like around the coop, because that just means they're on the fly. Once they're in the move, there's no telling. This is, again, the Gemara is going to explain. This is when you have a lot of birds flying around all over the place. So at this point, once they're out of the coop, there's no telling which birds these are. Obviously, these are not birds that you are recognizing. Simonim, they all look the same to you. However, so this is where the mission is implying that if it's like Gizmo, the parrot uh, from St. Martin, and he's the only parrot you know, within 50 miles in any direction. So obviously, in that case, if you designate it, then that's the one. But uh, anything short of that, it is, in fact, going to be us. So the Mara says, I'm a rabbi. So he says, wait, what's the case? Oh, I'm sorry, the Gemara started with Pshita. I apologize. It's obvious that if you, right, there's no magic here. If you designated black ones and now they're white, it's obvious that they're not the ones you designated and that they're also. So, Amarabba, Hacham Mayaskinan, Kagon Shazim, and Shkhorim, and Levanim. Vishkim, Matzah, Shkhorim, Kom Levanim. In other words, there was a group, but some were black, some were white, and one was on the left, the other ones was on the right side of the coop. You came and they switched sides. So, you might have thought, Mao, the Tema, Hai, Inhuvi, Tapuchi, Tapuch. You might have thought that it's the same birds because the same number of birds, same color birds just switched. Like in Mastermind, you got the right colors but not the right place, says the Gemara, Kamash no. That in fact, right, what happened was it's just the fact that they switched is an indication that they were on the move. Once they're on the move, you can no longer assume at all that these are the same birds and therefore they're going to be usser. So now the Gemara is going to say, this seems to be machria. It seems to be a proof for Rabbi Hanina. Because Rabbi Hanina was the one that held rov. When you have rov versus karv, you go by rov. This is a fascinating idea. This is what, right? Rabbi Hanina is challenged by the notion of the Egla Arufa. Because why are we measuring the closest city? And the Gemara should have said that that's not a rov karv issue because that's just the prescription in the Torah. But like I said, but I said earlier, the Gemara does not say that. That the Gemara goes out of its way to say that those are 
equal population cities. So now Rav Hanin is still alive. He could still say that when it's a case of Rov versus Karov, the Rov wins. That seems to be what's going on here. Why? Because if you went by Karov, then you would say, well, the probability is that the ones that were in the coop last night are still the ones that are in the coop today. All right, so they switch sides, but at least the proximity would imply that it's the same birds. LMI, there's birds all over the world. When it comes to statistical probability, as far as Rove is concerned, it is in fact statistically way more probable that there are other birds because there's infinite number of birds of doves out there that are not the ones that were in your coop. So once you're on the move, perhaps you go with the Rove of birds, which are not the ones that you designated in favor of the Karov, which are the ones that were in the coop. That's what the Gemara says. And that's why it's Aser. So the Gemara rejects it. It says, Ah, oh, as we turn the Daf. Um, not really, but I, on the art scroll. Badaf Bedaf just means that, no, we're only talking about birds with a platform. Once you bring in the platform, you neutralize the Karov issue. And it's really just a Rove issue of... Ma- massive amount of birds right next to the coop and it's out of those birds. This becomes a very fascinating aspect of Rove versus Carve. Meaning like this. Like the the extreme example. Let's say it's true what the Gemara said that you have to have, uh, that it goes by the city with the, with the highest population. So what are you going to say? You find a mace in, uh, uh, you find a mace in Petach Tikva and you say, oh, this mace came from whatever, the most populated city in China that's still connected by a mainland because that's the city, that's the Rove, that's where Rove people live. I mean, what are you talking about? The question is, right, how far is this perimeter of Rove? Is a fascinating question when it comes to Rove. Where does it end? Where, how do you set the perimeter? So what's fascinating here is, is that we allow ourselves to set the perimeter, the sample size, so to speak, as it were, of where we're going to even have our discussion. Right? The sample size of where we're going to have the discussion in this case is narrowed by the fact that the DAF is, in fact, on next to the coop, and therefore it is from that population that we're having the Rove Carve discussion. I, there's birds all over the world. Yeah, but they're not around here. They're not likely to be here. So you see, you take a certain amount of estimate just to set the perimeter of where you're having the Rove Carve thing to begin with. So. That's just an interesting hard to keep in mind that really is going to apply to all the cases of Rov, Rov Karov, right? Even when you talk about, like, whatever, whatever, not, this is really not the place for it, but when you talk about Tisha Chanuyos, which we'd already discussed, and all the different ideas of the Chazakas and the Rovs with the Kashros, and, right, and Ruba de Isla Kaman and the Lesla Kaman, right? This gets very, very lumbish, obviously. But the point is that there's aspects of estimation that go into even before you get into that with regards to setting the perimeter of the matter at hand. Anyway, that was the next part of the Mishnah, that what if you found three and then you saw, and then and then you put two and you found three, he designated two, fascinating question. It says the reason why it's going to be all usher is because, right, you put in two, certainly a bird came in. So that indicates that everyone's on the move. So now it's going to be It's probably everyone's on the move, which means now you're going to go bust a rove. Now you're going to assume that these, these birds came from elsewhere. But even if they're not different ones, they're going to be usher. Why? Because you have certainly at least one usher one, right? In other words, certainly one of the three was not that designated because you only designated two. So certainly the third one was not. 
designated. And so he is Me'urav Bahem. Now the obvious question you might ask is, wait a minute, it's one versus two, shouldn't that one that's also be Batal Barov? Because so, that, maybe you could say, is a Davash Yeshlomatirin. Right, we already said the Davash Yeshlomatirin, after Yantav, you're not going to have an issue, you can eat all these doves. So Davash Yeshlomatirin is not going to be Batal Barov, and therefore it's mixed in, and therefore any one of them could be the Asr one, because obviously you're not recognizing any of them, and therefore we're going to say that it's Asr. Um, you know what, why don't we stop here? Uh, right, Matzah, we're going to say, uh, we're stopping on the last thin line on Yudam and Bez, and with that, I will wish everybody a good Shabbos and a good Yontiv and good Gebench to you.